0: now just to kind of bring a little bit of uh context there that's usually one of the things that you hear from people is if christ died uh for their sins then why do they end up in hell well because of their unbelief yeah and then we have to ask the necessary question that comes next is unbelief a sin read the book of hebrews why uh, were the people of god destroyed because they did not join their hearts right that their hearts weren't joined by faith to the promises Mm -hmm. that's how the text words it Mm -hmm. In other words, unbelief. Yeah. I, unbelief so, in Scripture is clearly a sin. So did Christ die for the sin of unbelief?
1: Hey, everyone, I'm Walt Swain. This is Truth Unbound, the podcast where we take the issues and trends and questions about God, the Bible, and life, and find God's answers in his word as it's plainly understood and read, So Jeff Durbin has done it again, as usual. I, I wanted to avoid this, but it was just too much. It's a real eye-opener eye for sure. And uh, it, it gives you an, a really good insight into how uh, Calvinists uh, see the Bible through their limited framework, if you will. So let's play uh, some of this recent clip that Jeff Durbin put out in his podcast and let's get to the bottom of this it's pretty far out there so let's god let let's let god bring it back in for us but first let's watch and listen to this Mm -hmm. now
0: just to kind of bring a little bit of uh context there that's usually one of the things that you hear from people is if christ died uh for their sins then why do they end up in hell well because of their unbelief yeah and then we have to ask the necessary question that comes next is unbelief a sin Read the book of Hebrews. Why uh, were the people of God destroyed? Because they did not join their hearts, right? that Their hearts weren't joined by faith to the promises. Mm -hmm. That's how the text words it. Mm -hmm. In other words, unbelief. Yeah. Unbelief in scripture is clearly a sin. So did Christ die for the sin of unbelief? If you say he died for all the sins
2: of all men, then he died for the sins of unbelief, which is why, of course, in history, when you've seen... Uh, particular denominations or churches go off into universalism, it is on the basis of that belief many times, that belief that, well, Jesus died for the sins of the whole world, all their sins, everything's been paid for. And so people go off into universalism on the basis of a really faulty view of the atonement. If he died for the sins of all people, all the sins of all people, then that's that's a universal atonement. That's universal redemption. And that is universalism everybody is saved
0: yeah if he died for their sins, what are they paying for? right
2: <laughs> right so I think Owen's treatment of that is potent in terms of he's he's uncovering an inconsistency in our thinking about what Jesus actually accomplishes in the atonement. Now the thing is is, is like you'll have people who are, who are not reformed in the perspective of soteriology in their view here they'll have some mixed stuff um, they' they'll have however, an inescapable attachment to what the Bible says about the atonement of Jesus. So they know it and like mm-hmm. what Jesus actually accomplishes. They know what's taking place on that cross. Yeah. For them. Yeah. And but yet this tradition over here again just gnaws at it, right? And mm-hmm. so they have to sort of like abandon what they know to be true about the atonement to hold on to this and secure this tradition over here of like, but it was for everybody, all time, all their sins, and you have to press on that. okay? Is unbelief a sin? Well, he died for that too. So that's paid for. Also, you have to push what you know about the atonement into the, the realm of the discussion, okay? If Jesus um, if Jesus paid for the sins of all people, right? And even well watch, watch, even if you say, okay, but it's just not joined together with uh, their belief, all right? Uh, that's the problem but their sins were still paid for. Their sins are still paid for. Uh, but this is not joined with belief. So they suffer in hell for all eternity for sins that Jesus already died for. So for what are they being punished? Well, for unbelief, right. But now they're paying for their life of sin and rebellion that Jesus also paid for. And so there's a double penalty. How many, pay, how many payments? There's a double some. penalty. I thought God was just. So if, mm. if in scripture- That's huge. If in Scripture, God's justice comes and then justice is paid, there's a penalty and justice is satisfied, okay? In in the place of Christ where he says it is finished and the justice of God is satisfied there, to tetelestai, it's done, it's it's over. Wrath appeased. Exactly. If it's finished, then for what are they being punished? For all eternity, never-ending, everlasting fire and torments. For what are they being punished when the Son of God died to to, to pay for those sins? So the Father is punishing two people for mm-hmm. the sins of the one person? How do we get that from Scripture and God's standards of justice? Because I can tell you right now, if you know the law of God, that is not permissible in God's law. You do not punish... This is you, good because it calls the character of God into question. That's right. You do not punish two two people for the sins of the one person. You don't do that, and so if Jesus accomplished redemption on their behalf and paid for all of their sins, for what are they suffering in hell? Right. And you can't just go, well, for their unbelief. Eh, that's not what Scripture says, because Jesus, you know, He actually talks about people giving an account for every idle word. Yeah. Now, if those people are being are being held accountable for every idle word, um, if that is something that's going to be brought to their attention on that day of judgment, how's that going to happen when Jesus already? took care of that every idle word, um, and so, you know, we could, do, we could do this for days, but we need to uncover uh, the traditions we're holding that are actually uh, militating against what we know the Scriptures teach about the Atonement.
1: Hey, everybody, real, real quick before we get into our topic, just two things. How would you like to stay at home, work around your work schedule, and still get a solid biblically sound degree? certificate, associate of arts, bachelor's, master's, or doctorate. Well, Louisiana Baptist University has that for you at one-third of the cost of other Bibles and seminaries. So apply now at lbu.edu forward slash apply, and it'll take you right to where you need to put all your information. And And uh, let's get this started. Let's get you enrolled and into the next step that God wants you to have in your life in serving him through studying at LBU. So do that today. And also, if you wanna know how God's word applies today's cult, to today's culture and social and religious dilemmas and questions, then and you want others to know about it as well, then would you click on like, click to follow Truth Unbound, and then also share it with everyone you can today and do it now, okay? All right, so again, do you, as a non-Calvinist, believe that everyone will eventually be saved well, this and other questions is what he's what they're accusing us of, so let's get to it. Okay, so here's the basic premise again, and I know we we put out pieces of the clip mainly for sake of time, but we will provide the link to this full video, which is about eight minutes long, and you can look at it yourself, and you'll find that we presented nothing out of context. Uh, context, but here is what he is saying. Uh, with the aid of his buddies and, of course, John Owens' book that they're going through, uh, where Durbin gets his justification for believing this. Now, he points out that if Jesus died for all sins, all the sins of every human being, then that must include the sin of unbelief. If he died for the sin of unbelief, then no one has to believe in Jesus. Their sin debt is paid for already, so they'll eventually be be forgiven and go to heaven forever anyway without having to believe in Christ in this life. The person gets a free pass to heaven because Jesus died for their unbelief too already. Now, this is clever, but he's very, very wrong. Also, along with this, he's saying then, if you believe Jesus died for the sin of unbelief too because he died for all sin, then you're a universalist since no one has to believe because uh, that sin of unbelief was paid for along with the rest of them. Now, universalism is the belief that all people will eventually be saved one day because Jesus' death on the cross paid for the sin of unbelief. Now, this is a very serious doctrinal heresy. It's a false, non-biblical teaching. And to accuse non-Calvinists of being universalist is itself, well, frankly, it's offensive. And it's a false accusation that he needs to pull back for, really, and apologize for. Now, this really is a crucial question we need to get clear. And this also is a stunning doctrinal error, an argument on his, on his part. So let's break down the argument here. And uh, here's the honest questions in order that, that need answers. Okay, so first of all, is unbelief choosing to willfully deny Jesus as God and deny his offer of salvation, is that a sin? Well, this is what it says in John chapter three and verse 18, he who believes in him is not condemned but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of god okay so it's pretty clear there unbelief is clearly a sin for which we are to be condemned for this unbelief is the default position and condition of every person from the moment they enter into this world We are born with that tilt, if you will, toward disobedience and unbelief toward God until and unless each one of us believes, places our faith in Jesus. This is what it says in Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God okay so clearly by faith and belief in christ we are justified and saved so the next question is this since jesus died for all sins then did he die for the sin of unbelief well naturally biblically yes he died for all sin including the sin of unbelief but if jesus died for the sin of unbelief too then why should anyone have to believe is the question he's saying this is what he's saying it's all under the blood right you're in Even if you don't believe in this life, you'll eventually get there. Well, this then leads to the next question, one which Durbin accuses the non-Calvinist believer of. And this is it. Are you ready? If Jesus died for all sin, then you are a universalist. You believe everyone will eventually be saved, even without believing in Christ in this life. Well, let's see if he is right on on that and, and any of the questions, okay? Here we go. So, We did learn that Jesus died for all sin, which includes the sin of unbelief. But here is the crux of the matter. Herein lies the entire misinterpretation of the Bible by Calvinists, where it speaks of for who and for what Jesus died for. And understand this about salvation uh, and and their viewpoint, and it erases this constructed error by Calvinists. And that is that Jesus died to make people savable but they are not saved unless and until they believe in Jesus. God shows us in his word, there's a great difference between Jesus's death accomplishing the payment for sin and applying it to you or me. You see, Jesus accomplished the payment for all our sin, including unbelief, but it can only be applied to you and me that is, granting forgiveness of sin and eternal life when we each meet the only condition he's laid down for each person to fulfill to be saved, and that is belief, Repent of your sin and believe in him. There's no good works involved. Or you're not earning it. You're just believing completely in him once and for all. Then he grants you by his grace salvation. Now, in actuality, I understood this even since a child this was explained to me. And look uh, for instance, here's what it says in Romans six twenty-three: For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So from that verse, this is what is a common teaching. If I randomly go up to you and hand you a $100 bill, it's a gift. You can't earn it. I'm giving it to you, extending it to you with my hand as a gift. But you won't enjoy the benefits of that $100 bill unless you believe I'm giving it to you, that it comes from me and my resources and generosity, and you receive it. You take it out of my hand. Now, reject it. I can't force it on you. I can't trick you into taking it. You have to believe in me and what I'm doing and accept that gift. So you see, Jesus paid the debt for everyone's sin and unbelief. But it does not apply to someone unless until they believe. Receive the gift of Christ. Here's another illustration Jesus gives uh, gives us himself directly in John three verses fourteen through sixteen. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. That whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So here Jesus is using a real-life example that happened to the Israelites described in Numbers 21. Moses put the serpent on the pole. It was there. It was provided for by God for the people. It was available to everyone. The offer of salvation from the death bites of the venomous snakes around them was provided for, but each person had to still believe by looking at the serpent on the pole to be saved that was the only condition so by using this true story in israel's history he is showing that the same goes for the believer with jesus he is lifted up and dies on a cross for all to see his death is the salvation but you have to look to jesus and believe in him to be able to be saved from your sin and penalty of death and this was paid for by christ in his with his blood on the cross, and it has no effect on you unless you look to him and believe and receive the gift. So here's something also very important to understand, something that is lying behind the Calvinist insistence on denying these simple truths. It's what distinguishes a Calvinist from a non-Calvinist. You see, to them they see Jesus accomplishing the payment for sin as the same as applying it. That is why they believe salvation can only be for for those God decided ahead of time will believe in him. He's predetermined it, and so it can only be applied to those he has already chosen to be saved and will believe in him. So they extrapolate that theology, this system, on everything they see and read in the scriptures. Now we look, those who are non calvinists we look at, at what the Bible says plainly and conform our understanding of what God is teaching about salvation and any other thing as we plainly see it explained, plainly read and understood. This is a prime example of looking at a passage or passages of scripture and forcing a preconceived, presupposed belief system onto the text to make it say what you've already decided it should say. Now the technical term for that is called eisegesis. We practice what is called exegesis. In other words, you start with what the scriptures plainly say and you leave it at that. You don't add anything or change anything or construct anything from it to besides what it already says already. To do the opposite, eisegesis is a very dangerous practice and it causes all kinds of confusion and false teachings to emerge. And God warns us clearly in his word more than once not to do that this is what god's word plainly says look at first john chapter 2 verse 2 he himself is the atoning sacrifice for our sins and not only for ours but also for those of the whole world so did jesus die for all sin all the sin of everyone including unbelief yes does this mean they don't have to believe to be saved no god's penalty for sin to go To go from accomplished to being applied to you only occurs when you believe. That's the only thing he says you need to do. Now, are those who don't accept the Calvinist teaching on this also universalist? No, we don't believe that everyone gets saved one day anyway, regardless of what they do or not do in this life. They still must believe in this life to have the forgiveness by Jesus of their sin, even unbelief. It really is that simple. And so I ask you, do you believe in Jesus, that he died on the cross for you, for all your sin, including your unbelief up to this point? Do you believe in him? Do you receive him as Lord and Savior? And will you follow him only? Will you believe in him today? I invite you to do so if you've not done so already. Just tell him so. Lord, I am a sinner. I get it. I've fallen short of what you require. But I know that Jesus paid the price for my sin for me. Will you save me and come into my life? And I follow you from now on. Well, I hope that this has helped you, my friend, to understand it more. What are your thoughts? Why don't you express some of your ideas and responses in the section to reply and comment? Or shoot an email to info at truthunbound.org. Hey, don't forget to click on like, subscribe, follow. And then share the podcast with everyone you can today. Post it everywhere, all right? And remember to follow Jesus because when you do, you will always follow the truth.